0: Welcome to the Fourth Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the Fourth Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson.
1: And We're here on the Fourth Down Experience podcast. Joining us, what's called the fittest man in the NFL, Super Bowl 46 champion punter, the most fit specialist post career Steve Weatherford. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good, man. I, I appreciate that introduction, but that's like being like the smartest kid on the short bus. <laughs> but I'll take it, man. I, uh, that's always been my passion. You know, I was always the fitness guy that got into football versus the other way around. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just really easy to work hard at something that you, you're passionate about, that challenges you, that pushes you, that helps you grow. So, um, you know, this is something that, you know, this pursuit of unlocking my genetic potential is something I don't think I'll probably ever stop. So um, I appreciate that introduction, man. And I'm, I'm very, very proud of, of what I've achieved uh, post-football, probably even more so than, than what I was able to accomplish as part of, uh, you know, the different NFL teams that I've been on.
2: Yeah, yeah, Steve, uh, Chris over here, and, and again, welcome to the 4th Down Experience. Uh, it's been fun to watch your journey here, actually post-career. Um, you and I and Brian, we're about the same age, so I've followed your career. I was a former punter myself, so I thoroughly enjoyed f- watching you and your heyday. Um, so, you know, biggest first thing we always like to cover here is just is what's going on currently, and then we work our way backwards. So... Um, so since you got out of the NFL, you got heavily into fitness. How did that go how did that come about? Like what how did you sort of start dabbling in in fitness and, and really starting to make it a business?
0: Well, you know, it was I I touched my I touched my first set of real weights, not the plastic ones that your mom bought you for Christmas when I was about 14 years old and uh, I was 108 pounds, man. I was the pretty much the skinniest kid in my high school and I wasn't short. I was like five foot eight when I was a freshman, but I was 108 pounds and I knew um, in order for me to, you know, to fulfill my dream of being a pro athlete, I knew the only thing that was going to stop me from doing that was going to be my size and strength because, you know, I was always above... Um, average athleticism and you know I could run all day and I was always a good jumper I was a good soccer player Um, but I didn't think I was going to be six foot nine so the NBA kind of I don't know and then I actually was invited by the high school uh, football coach to to come out and try to kind of fill the slot from the senior that had just left because he needed a kicker and punter and he was kind of unsure of asking me um Because he asked the soccer coach, he's like, hey, so uh, we need a kicker and punter. You got anybody with a strong leg? And he points over to the the soccer field. He goes, now let me warn you, he doesn't look like much, but he's got a rocket for a leg. So, you know, go over there and talk to that guy. So he invited me to come out, and I remember my first varsity football practice and the first field goal that I kicked in team, uh, I was so nervous, and I ended up kicking – kicking it off the block and it never made it higher than 24 inches off the ground. And my snapper, uh, was six foot four. His name was Mike Canada. He was over 300 pounds and I hit him right in the left butt cheek (laughs) and he stood up and he looked back, he looked back at me and I literally felt like I melted to the floor. I was so scared. Um, but you know, you fast forward five days later and, uh, the first, the first football game I ever played in, I hit a forty-nine yard game-winning field goal um, as a fourteen-year-old kid, and I was like, this isn't that hard." No, and you know, and then week, and then week two came around, and I went from the hero to the goat real quick. And um, but it, you know, it's that's the challenge. It came naturally to me because I was a soccer player. But there's a big difference between potential and talent, and um, you know, so I was able to take that that talent that that I had kind of developed playing the game of soccer and you know through years and years and years and hours and thousands of footballs out there on a dusty you know indiana high school football field and i was able to you know turn that that talent into a skill and turn that skill into a job and turn that job into a career and um you know played played for 10 years made a couple bucks won a super bowl and now uh, i'm out i moved out to the west coast and um you know, really working, bringing that same intensity and passion uh, into the fitness industry to, uh, you know, to help other people unlock their genetic potential and really kind of debunk a lot of the myths that people struggle with nutritionally, etc.
1: Right, yeah, Steve, I mean, you've been super successful. It's been awesome following your journey. Uh, you mentioned kicking field goals. I didn't know about that. That's pretty cool uh, that you did both skill sets. Uh, my question is, uh, when you went to um, Illinois uh, for your University of Choice, uh, did you go there um, as a pure punter?
0: No, I actually was. Uh, uh, I received my my scholarship as a kicker. Okay. Um, I mean, you could, you could say what you want, and all the listeners out there that want to say kickers are better athletes than punters I've done both and I've done them at an elite level it's not even close if you take the 32 punters in the NFL and you put them head up against the 32 kickers in the NFL they will get absolutely destroyed just punting in general is just a much more difficult athletic skill now you know on the reverse side of that mentally as a punter all you really need to do is hit the freaking field you know what I mean I mean there's definitely a skill set to it but there's varying degrees of a good punt and varying degrees of a bad punt, but when you're a kicker, you're either the man or you freaking suck, change your address, cancel your cell phone, and get out of town. So <laughs> uh, mentally, True. the the kickers that reach the elite level have such an extraordinary ability to, um, you know, short-term memory and, and, and going from, you know, the best kick of their life to resetting their – their mindset and going back out there and just trying to replicate the same skill and i've i know from experience and a lot of people out there that are listening to this know that there's a big difference between being able to go out to you know high school field or a college field when nobody's around and you've got big fat juicy leather balls that are beat up and you can pipe it from 55 all day but then you get into a game you know, the the crowd's yelling. You could be in a hostile territory. The snap might not be perfect. The hold might not be perfect. It might be a little bit of wind. The footing might not be the best. And you know what? You might have had a crappy warm-up. And so to be able to see NFL kickers go through a warm-up, and obviously I'm a holder, so I see some of these guys struggle. And I'm, like, thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, if I'm this guy, I'm freaking nervous going into this game. But, you know, I've seen guys like, John Carney, Martine Gramatica, Nick Folk, uh, Josh Brown, Lawrence Tynes it just have absolutely horrendous warm-ups, but they're able to kind of take what they learned during warm-ups, whether that was, you know, them switching their shoe or, you know, adjusting their plant shoe or maybe shortening their steps a little bit because it's inclement weather. But mentally, to be able to make that adjustment and feel confident in that adjustment before you go out there and play in front of 72 million people in the Super Bowl, you know, it's uh, that that takes some stones, man. So I admire kickers, but when it comes down to it, the punters are the best athletes. So there's no question in my mind.
1: So Steve, so you went to Illinois to kick. So what, what did you did you do? All three skill sets. Like, what was the transition to punting to the NFL?
0: Um, so, my my freshman year, I redshirted, but I traveled with the team. We had a senior punter, we had a senior kicker, and so I was second string kicker, second string punter, second string kickoff. Um, when those guys graduated... Um, I assumed the punter position, the kickoff position and all field goals over 42 yards because we had a uh, we had this this guy named Peter Christophelakis and he could hit the ball straight in any kind of weather. But he just didn't have much of a leg. You know, once he got back to like 47 yards, it was, you know, I know that's not that far for being an elite college kicker, but I think he made something like 26 field goals in a row. And granted, he wasn't kicking anything over 42 yards, but anytime our field goal unit went out there, we knew we were going to put three on the board. And so I had the best job ever. I'm like, you know, you come in for like a 51 yarder and in college 15 years ago, if somebody hit a 51 yarder, it was a big deal. Um, Yeah. And if they missed it, they're like, ah, it was a 51-yarder, no big deal. So I had the best job ever as a kicker. You come in, if you make it, you're the man, and if you miss it, ah, chalk it up to being a long field goal. So, um, But it, came very, it became very, very clear and very apparent that um, although I had a strong leg, I needed to kind of pick one skill set or the other uh, in order to, you know, take that skill set to the next level and, and create a career out of it. And um, it just – it was pretty obvious that my frame being six foot – you know, six foot three, having long legs, being about 220 pounds, I was built more like a punter. I was explosive. And so as a kicker, you know, I could back it up to 60 yards, but I wasn't as consistent to, to hit a straight ball once so I, I turned it up and tried to put something into it. And so we decided that uh, concentrating on kicking off and concentrating on punting uh, would be my best shot. <clears throat> to be able to make it to the next level, and so that's what I did, and I went all in on those two things, and, um, you know, that was, looking back on it, it's a pretty good decision.
2: Yeah, Steve, it's it's fun to hear that story. Uh, my route, you know, I pursued the league as a, as a punting specialist, but I went into college as a kicker, oh, actually a kicker and a linebacker, I went to a Division three school, but there was like a surplus of kickers, and they asked me to punt, and I could have sworn I'd probably only punted twice in my life, but they saw I had a strong leg. And it, I, I resonate with what you said and being like, man, I, had, you know, my, my best opportunity to play was to be a punter and then just to, just
0: to pursue that. And so it was, it was fun to hear your story on that. Um, Dude, I would bet you your, your story is so similar to mine because we- If
2: you need gear for kicking, punting, or long snapping, Wizard Sports Equipment has you covered. They offer quality products, quality service, and affordable prices. So if you want five percent off your next order, go to www.wizardsports.com that's wizardsports.com and get five percent off your next order and remember enter discount code fourth down that's the number four t-h-d-o-w-n to get your five percent off your next
0: order we had like six kickers and we had two punters because kicking's just an easier thing to just pick up, you know. You've got somebody that's holding the ball static for you, and yeah. you have to kick it straight, you know. And, and punting, you've got to catch the ball, you know. You've got to get the ball off in X amount of time. You, you know, you've got to have hang time. You've got to have distance, and it's just a, it's a more complicated, more athletic movement with a whole lot more things that can go wrong because you're you're responsible for all of them, and, and, and so. Picking it up, people are always, always, always going to be better kickers than they are punters initially because the drop is so difficult. You know, inclement weather can screw that up really badly versus it could be a tornado, but your ball is going to be in the exact spot when your foot strikes the ball and so that the degree of difficulty as far as actually getting off a good kick now what the tornado does to the ball once it takes flight you can't necessarily control that but you know when you're punting and you drop the ball if you don't have a low enough drop in bad weather like that you know you can you can go from somebody who has a lot of potential and the ability to hit a 55 yard 5-2 to somebody that just hit a seven yard punt you know i've been there and i've done that so uh I know from experience, it's the degree of difficulty, especially when you get into nasty weather is a whole lot more difficult for punters.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, man, I love this. This is great. Um, so a question, a theme that I picked up, obviously, when you were talking about the kickers you've been around with uh, in pregame, you know, it's just the mental side of things. Um, one thing that's apparent, if you look at your career stats, your first four or five years, you averaged kind of a low 40-yard average, and then once you hit, got to New York, your average jumped about 3 to 4 yards in average now was that a, a balance of your mental preparation getting better or your physical aspect where where what did you do to just make that significant uh, jump in, in punt average
0: honestly i think it was more from a comfortability standpoint and i started to to realize it's more it's more important for me to go out there and hit a good punt instead of the punt that you know the exact punt that the the coach wants you to hit so if you go out there you know and the coach is looking for you know if you're going to hit the ball 50 yards and he wants a five second hang time the reason coaches are going to tell you that they want that is because that takes so much stress away from the other 10 players that are paid to play you know to go down there in coverage Um, and so when I got to New York honestly like Coaches don't want to hear me say what I'm about to say right now, but I think it's going to be refreshing for a lot of kickers and punters out there. At the end of the day, especially when you get to the professional level, you go out there and you put your best work out there. You know, if your coach wants it out of bounds, you do your best to get it out of bounds. But at the end of the day, if you hit a good ball, you're not going to get fired. And and so for me, it was more of like a, a paradigm shift mentally for me to quit trying to please the coaches and go out there and just hit my best punts and once once i went out there with the confidence that i could go out there every time and just hit my best ball um my averages went up my net went up inside the 20s went up my get off time were were quicker and i i actually enjoyed football a whole lot more because i predicated whether or not i had a good or a bad game off of what the coaches coaches would say because to be honest with you i really didn't know that much about how much I could help or hurt the team. But once I experienced three or four years in the NFL and I had seen 58 yard punts that were five, three come back and I had to make the tackle. And I'd also seen 38 yard punts that didn't get fielded and rolled for 20 yards. And then I got 58 yards net out of that. So I decided when I got to New York that I was just going to go out there and I was going to hit my best punt you know and i wanted to make sure that i'm operating within the confines of what the coach wanted but at the end of the day if he wanted something that i didn't feel confident in being able to do like put the ball out of bounds or you know just get a fair catch right here it's okay because if you go out there and try to hit a punt that the coach wants the coach wants you to hit But you don't feel confident in being able to do it because of wind or you know maybe the week leading up to that you struggled hitting the ball to the left side or whatever the case may be if you go out there and you hit a good punt there's 10 other people that are on the field that are getting paid very well to go down there and make the tackle so i think for for punters you know you don't want to hit a a four second punt that goes 70 yards because that will get you fired go out there and you hit a solid punt every single time you go out there I guarantee you, you're not going to lose your job
1: nice yeah. yeah I mean and you perfected the punt I mean you did it for 10 years uh in, at the highest level uh one thing that you um also perfected was holding and uh what a wonderful experience to, to hold for for and and really some big kicks for that one that one really big kick for Tynes and and both you guys celebrated I think you actually probably celebrated more than Tynes. like Talk about that experience and how that played out.
0: Well, you know, going into that game, guys, I had been to three. I'd lost all of them. I started my career with the Saints. We went to the NFC Championship game with Deuce McAllister, Joe Horn, Reggie Bush, Drew Brees, Sean Payton, and we lost to the Bears in Chicago. Um, Then you fast forward a couple years. um, I think it's my seventh season. I'm with the, no, sixth season, I'm with the Jets, and um, Mark Sanchez is the quarterback, Rex Ryan's first year, Mark Sanchez's rookie year, we get go to the AFC championship game, and we lose to Indianapolis, Peyton Manning, um, mm-hmm. reload, go back another year, and we end up going to Pittsburgh for the AFC championship game, we lose that game, um, I'm a free agent, And uh, the Jets said I could come back. They'd give me a $50,000 signing bonus. I'm like, wait a minute, guys. I just broke an NFL record for most punts inside of the 20-yard line ever. And you're going (laughs) to offer me $50,000 to sign. So, honestly, I I loved Rex Ryan, but I didn't want to play for Mike Westhoff. He was just super difficult to play for as a specialist. And although my statistics showed – um, effectiveness and, and value for my team because of the special teams coach. Um, he took a lot of the credit for the NFL record. And so the general manager is listening to him and said, hey, if you you know, broke an NFL record with what you say is an average punter, we'll, we'll go get a rookie punter and we'll do it again. And uh, that didn't work out so well for him. But I wanted to stay in New York. Because the stadium that I broke the NFL record for most punts inside the 20 was the same stadium. So um, the Giants never even called me during free agency. And I actually called them and um, and pretty much pitched myself to the general manager, Jerry Reese. And they, off- they offered me a one-year deal um, with the same signing bonus. But I knew if I went in there, because I knew Tom Coughlin loved directional punting because of... Um, his experience with Jeff Fiegel's. And um, and I felt that at that time I was the best directional punter in the NFL. So that's the team I wanted to play for him. In addition to, I wanted to stay in New York because I wanted to make the Jets and Rex Ryan, um, not necessarily Rex Ryan because he loved me, but Mike Westoff, I wanted to make him sick. Um, so I went there and I had probably one of the best seasons of my career in the regular season. Um, and then we go into the playoffs and I honestly i just i felt like i couldn't lose and it's not like i went out there and hit every single punt perfectly but we played in some really nasty conditions and you talk about um you know lawrence Tynes and the nfc championship game and you know how did that how did i feel when he made that kick i remember going up to those guys in the locker room beforehand and telling brandon jacobs Antrel roll justin tuck eli manning i'm like guys i know you guys won a super bowl like three years ago I'm not sure exactly what we need to do in order to win this game, but this is my fourth time here, and I've lost the previous three. If we lose this, I'm going to be on suicide watch. So just tell me what I got to do. I'll be the greatest water boy on the planet. I'll dry your hands off. And it was, it was nasty. You know, it was like thirty-five degrees. It was sleeting rain. It was. It was 20 mile an hour wins, and Andy Lee that year, that regular season, was a Pro Bowler. And so I took that as a personal contest to myself that I wanted to go out there and outperform the Pro Bowler. Um, and I did. We had 12 punts in the NFC Championship game, and um, two of my punts, we were able to force fumbles. And uh, the second forced fumble, we ended up uh, kicking the field goal in overtime. And um, that's why you saw me celebrate. Uh, so exuberantly by comparison to Lawrence Tynes, because he literally kicked an NFC Championship game-winning field goal in Green Bay three seasons earlier. So it was kind of standard protocol for him. He'd been he'd been there before. And for me, I like you watched that. You guys were laughing about the YouTube video celebration that I had before we hit record. But um, to be honest with you, I. Don't even remember doing that because there was such an adrenaline rush Mm -hmm. and such a euphoria that happened after I scooped the ball out of the dirt. I put it down, and it was a 38-yard field goal. So I knew as long as Lawrence hit it straight, I knew we were going to the Super Bowl. And so as soon as I got the ball down and I heard the thud, I knew he hit the ball really crisply because of the sound. And then I look up, the ball is going straight. And then at that point I got up and and I started to run, and I blacked out.
1: Oh, shoot. I mean (laughs) – in all honesty, if if I was in that position, I would be celebrating just as hardcore as you were, man. Like I, I'm not hating at all on that. That celebration was no. Fantastic. I know,
0: I know you're not. But yeah, I mean, like it was so funny because the next day, literally, I bet you. I mean, I got over a hundred different, um, you know, front page. Uh, newspapers that were, you know, sent to sent to the Giants practice facility from cities all over the country, and it wasn't Lawrence Tynes <laughs> on the cover, it wasn't Eli Manning on the cover, it wasn't Justin <laughs> Tuck on the cover, it was, it was my ugly mug making the most disgusting, ugly face of all time, and I saved every freaking one of them. <laughs> Hell yeah. That was great.
2: So then you obviously moved on to the Super Bowl, so... What was that experience like? I mean, the Giants are often credited as the only team to come up with a way to beat the Patriots up until this last year. So, so until was, this
0: freaking year, man. Yeah.
2: So what was that whole Super Bowl experience like for you? All the it was it was,
0: high it high was high school, magical. Yeah? You know, I mean, it was in Indianapolis. It was 47 miles from where I went to high school, and I touched my first football. Um, it was it was special. You know, because all of my family's from Indiana, and to go into to Indianapolis, and honestly. And I think, you know, everybody on our team would really kind of agree with the statement. When we won the NFC Championship game and we knew we were heading to Indianapolis, nobody, nobody in our locker room thought that we were underdogs because we were playing so well together. You know, if you look at our roster, we really weren't that talented. We had a great quarterback. Um, And we had a really tough defensive line. But aside from that, you know, we were we were a bunch of lunch pail guys But we played really well together. We had great locker room leadership. We had great chemistry and Our coaching staff our head coach. They were you know, they just put us in the best position to win and uh, you know That was a journey and and relationships that you know I won't see those guys until we go back for our 10-year Super Bowl reunion unless I run into them at different charity events or whatever but you know, I've ran into two or three of them over the last, you know, couple of years. And every single time we, we run into each other, it's like it's preceded by a giant hug, a big smile, and then we just start telling stories. So it's really special to be able to be a part of something like that. And then to go into Indianapolis and, you know, only had four punts in that game and in 2011. Wes Welker was one of the most dangerous punt returners. You know, you could say it was Jacoby Jones, Devin Hester, and Wes Welker were the best punt returners in the NFL. So I knew I had a big contest ahead of me. But the nice thing was, going into that game mentally, I felt like I couldn't lose because you go from playing in Candlestick Park, you know, with sleet, rain, muddy field, windy, and then you go into Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium, and. It's perfect, you know. You're in a dome. There's no wind. There's the artificial turf. The balls were beautiful, and I knew I just needed to go out there and and hit my best punts. And I ended up getting out of that game, um, setting a Super Bowl record for most punts inside the ten yard line. I had four punts, and I landed all four of them inside the um, the ten yard line. Um, one of them bounced between my uh, my gunner's legs for a touchback. But my first punt of the game really kind the tone for our entire team Um, it was I hit it down from the 42 yard line and I hit it about 39 yards and hit the three yard line it didn't bounce forward it didn't bounce left it didn't bounce right it didn't bounce backwards it literally hit the three some heat on him and we got an intentional grounding Um, we got a safety which means obviously you score two points and you get the ball back and that really kind of started the momentum uh, for our team and um, it was just it was really special to to play in a game um, as a punter that you feel like you had a massive influence on the game because we'd won some big games you know that season but to be honest with you as a kicker or a punter there's some games you can have an awesome game But you don't really feel like you were the reason that you influenced your team to win or lose. But in the Super Bowl, you know, and and it's not just my opinion of myself, Tom Coughlin's not the type of person to um, give compliments where they're not deserved. And as a matter of fact, he doesn't even mention people's names when he gives interviews after the game. For example, if Eli had 400 yard passing and five touchdowns, He'll say, you know what, man, our quarterback, he went out there and performed very well today, and our offensive line gave him time to see the field and and move the sticks. Um, He just doesn't use people's names. I don't know why. Uh, But the first name that he mentioned in his post-Super Bowl interview uh, was my name, and it's something that I will never forget for the rest of my life because I know – how I know how much Tom Coughlin um, appreciated my preparation and my performance for that game and he acknowledged that by actually mentioning
2: my name one time in his post game interview so um, that was very very special to me yeah punters are people too right that's uh that that was a bit that was a big year for you too that was when if i remember correctly you had the magazine spread that came out that basically made punters cool right where punters and kickers Uh, Talked about being into fitness and things like that. I made him cool. Maybe I I made him less of a douchebag. Look, there's one hunter that's in shape. Never mind, he's a douchebag too. All he does is take shirtless selfies. (laughs) What's up, everybody? Hopefully you enjoyed part one of the Steve Weatherford interview. He dropped some knowledge bombs on you. Now stay tuned for part two coming out soon. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fourth Down Experience.